and welcome to the Holy Hour Podcast. It's the bi-weekly all-cure podcast. I'm Gavin, and tonight I am joined by our buddy Kate from CureThreads.com, and we are super excited to talk some serious art over here. We've got a fella that has killer album covers that he's made, movie posters, gig posters, and has recently won the hearts of all Cure fans all across America with his uh, New Orleans gig poster that we're all freaking out about and uh, kicked off the Shows for a Lost World North American Leg Tour on May 10th. Yes, tonight we welcome artist, illustrator, printmaker, graphic designer, Vance Kelly. Hello and welcome to the Holy Hour. Thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, inviting me come on the show it's like exciting so yeah <laughs> yeah we uh everyone's freaking out about these uh specific city posters and um you got the honor of kicking the whole thing off and um i don't know if you if, if you noticed how much everybody in the cure community is really uh launched into this and, and really loving it and uh yours was the perfect way to start it off with the new orleans poster so yeah you- man i appreciate it I was really surprised. Uh, actually, I didn't know till pretty late in the game that they were actually starting the tour here. Oh yeah! And so I was just like, Whoa. so that was amazing. So it was a really great opportunity, and you know, do some artwork for a band that you really love and in my hometown. So all the stars aligned. It was pretty rad. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I guess just to to put in at the top there, just turns out you're legit love the Cure too, right? Legit fan and everything. Ah, <laughs> uh, long time now. Awesome. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool coincidence, you know. We were joking before we had started. Kate and I were like, "Man, how cool is that too?" Like, imagine if you get stuck with some band, you're just kind of like, Ugh, "But you gotta make their like, cool poster," you know. It's got to be a bit of a struggle. So, uh, is it harder or easier if you really like the band? Oh man, it, sometimes it's harder yeah. because you, you put a lot of pressure on yourself, and uh, you want to do something that you know, like you know, is a good representation of the band, uh, the show, and something that you know, like fans hopefully alike or whatever and something that means something to you to them to the band uh yeah actually it's a lot more pressure i thought yeah so. <laughs> i've been like, doing i've been doing this for a while so like you know, kind of tamper it down when i get in there so. yeah that's cool and they you know it seems like they're a huge success you know it seems to be with a lot of cure tours when they start out there's always this surprise factor of some extra things you can get excited about and you know and you, that you didn't expect everyone knows that they're going to go into it and love the songs and what songs they're going to play and but then cure seems really great at like having these little nuggets of things that just get you extra pumped up to you know and uh everyone's really excited on these and they're, it seems like they're selling great and they're making second runs of all the posters and now they've kind of kicked in where they're putting them on the merch and everything too so that was really surprising like um you know i wanted to do something i love but man just to see uh, a lot of the other fans that you know was showing a lot of love for it, it's been amazing like that's just i mean like that's just the cherry on top i mean that that's i don't know man it's like a I've been such a fan, a fan of the band for so long, uh-huh. and then you know to actually have you know be able to do something that speaks to other fans and hopefully it gives them something to remember the show by, yeah. or it gives them uh, it's another added memory to you know the the night that they get to go and see Robert and the and the band play. This means the world. Awesome, so cool to hear. That's cool. Cure fans are cool. In yeah, general. Like, we're all like a loving group. <laughs> totally. <laughs> But, um, Much love for any other any other person that expresses love for the cures. 
good thing. Yeah, it's like you can never go too wrong with a Cure fan, right? You know, it's like everything still lines up on some level. We're all there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, most of my friends are Cure fans as well. It's like yeah. everyone I know in my circle, you know, like, cool. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't like the Cure that, yeah. that, I, that I know personally, except for maybe like, you know, like some older people or some younger people who haven't quite got into them yet or something. But, yeah, it's true. I've always had it in the back of my head for an episode where I just want to get the, the official Cure Basher on, you know, and the one person that would, would go on <laughs> the record. And, yeah. And like, nobody will ever, you know, maybe just nobody I hang out with or anything. I can't really find it. Except a lot of people are just like, yeah, I'm a little indifferent, but I don't have anything against them either, you know? I'm like, come on, right, man. No, <laughs> if you find that guy, he's going to have to wear a mask, you have to distort his voice, whatever, so he doesn't get doxxed or anything. Right? I think so, yeah. Get a, they're just, yeah, I could ask my mom. If yeah. Yeah, she. The, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, well, actually, my mom. My mom likes. Them. I don't think my dad really got into them. Yeah. Care for him or not? Yeah. We'll book them. Have them on. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we definitely wanted to get into your whole story and your um, process of doing this poster in particular too. But um, yeah, so I guess good place to start. Uh, you want you want to kick it off, Kate? Um, my my questions are going to be coming from me as an artist who has actually when I was when I was in high school this doing a cure poster would have been like if you asked me then this would have been the penultimate job <laughs> so when when I saw all these artists got commissioned to do this I was like how did that happen Oh man, no, definitely have to go back in time and talk to my high school self I would have freaked out a lot so. <laughs> but um there's a uh, there's a gallery I work with a bit, and there's two or three people I work with: uh, Secret Serpents, Lady Lazarus, and uh, Collections. And uh, two of my print houses, Secret Serpents, um, they do a bit, but the, I know them and Lady Lazarus have been working with the bands, printing their posters for years and years and years, and they will curate a tour. So I've been asked from them before to do shows, and so this time uh, Collections had the show. And uh, they reached out. I'd worked with them before on some other posters. And they asked if I wanted to do a Cure poster. And I'm like, sure. And they're like, well, you know, they're starting the tour in New Orleans, your hometown. Do you want to do the first date? I'm like, whoa. I didn't realize they were actually kicking the tour off here. So I'm like, of course. So um, uh, so I had some ideas uh, I threw down, sketched. And then uh, I just kind of went over my head, which which I thought was better. And then uh, submitted to them, and but I didn't talk to anyone in the band or the management. But uh, he had a direct line to him, and so he would send me, forward me, um, you know, like cut and paste, like you know what comments were uh, from the band and whether or not you know the, what, if they were going to prove the concept or not. So after um, I sent it off, and I was pretty happy with this design compared to the other sketches. Uh-huh. And so I did a, a bit more finishing to it and sent it off, and, and they approved it right away with uh, very little changes. That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's going to feel so good, too, just on that level, too, of, like, your, the Cure and their team or whoever, you know, was all, like, you know, approving it all the way, you know? It wasn't just, like, something that they're like, cool, you know, and they'll see it when they see it. But, uh, so, yeah, that's good. I had no idea he was that hands-on. I know some bands yeah. I work with, they're like, super hands-on and like when you submit the artwork you know it's going to them right. and then i have other bands i work with you don't know who it's going to or who's going to see it who ultimately approved it 
Right. And so, uh, but when the the band or uh, the director or or you know whoever is actually involved has a hand, that's always a plus, and that that that's probably one of the coolest things they get to do is you know get some sort of response from them yeah. about something I did for them, and so oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So. Awesome. Were were any of the comments that were forwarded in all caps? Yeah. <laughs> uh no, not at all. And they didn't have any like you know, and it didn't sound like British or English. You know, there's there no accent to them or anything, so I couldn't quite tell. So I'm like, I'm assuming, but uh, but no, they just said you know, like uh, Robert likes this idea. Um, I had a spider in there uh, originally, and uh, they asked to take the spider out. So I was like, okay, so that was out. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but it was actually really one of the easier gigs I've ever had, as far as like no muss, no fuss. Yeah. And like I don't know what I was expecting, but it was really nice. It was straightforward. Like, and then I had some stuff I've worked on in the past where, you know, you send off the sketch, then there's revisions, then there's more revisions, and you revise those revisions, and then it goes on, and it can take quite a while to get there. Yeah. And it's nobody usually nobody's fault. It's just sometimes, you know, the artist's vision and. Uh, the, the whoever's contracted art or whoever's asking uh, you know asking for it doesn't quite align right at the beginning and say so have to work a little harder to get there yeah. and I've, I've been doing this for a long time and some so some i just know some jobs are like that and you know it's kind of mm-hmm. that's kind of ingrained uh that's why i actually work all digitally mm-hmm. um and yeah. uh but i can imagine like uh i remember reading horror stories about uh drew struzon's a poster artist that absolutely I dearly love. And like he would send stuff off and like, you know, to the presses, him and Bob Peak and all these great art and like the old paints or whatever they use will still be wet when they're yeah. sending them off. And like I couldn't imagine having that come back and having revisions uh, on something you spent like eighty hours painting. Yeah, so geez. technology is, is pretty good in this point. Yeah, these nice. days. <laughs> when you say you've been doing this a long time, so how many years have you been doing it? I uh, started in the late '90s uh, doing gig posters. I had a friend in New Orleans. I just I moved here in like '92, '92, and uh, a friend of mine was still screening posters. And at that time, I had just heard about Coop and Kozik, and they were like two of like the forefathers of the resurgence of silk screen. Of course, you had Malice and all the other people in the '60s that were doing it in uh, San Francisco. But there was a resurgence, uh, like you know, like. Uh, coming toward the late 90s hmm. and so i'd go to shows here in new orleans or whatever and there would be a coupe poster you know so screen printed or whatever or like you know throw a little cold or something like that or a ministry or something and so a friend of mine he was an artist as well and uh we were at some show and he comes in and he's got an armful of posters and he's tacking them up and i'm like dude what well, i don't even did posters so he's, yeah so screen is out of my garage i'm like get out of here wow and i'm like i'm like man you gotta, you gotta show me how to do this. He's like, ah, I don't know. He's like, you know, let, let me see your artwork. And so, like, he knew I drew, but it was like, like the next night we, we met up, whatever, and I showed him some work. And like, uh, we were all pretty good friends. And then, uh, but my first real social training poster was for my life with the throw cult. Okay. And he, so I did the artwork and uh, he helped me uh, social screen it. And he had showed me in Photoshop and I had a roommate at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, like at that point, I was just like, oh man, it's Photoshop. That's not real artwork. There's no soul to it. It's a machine, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, those two guys showed me back and forth, you know, my roommate and uh, my friend Alan showed me what you could do with Photoshop. And I was like, wait, you can do that? They're like, yeah, we're trying to tell you, man. I'm like, oh, shit, all right. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so I started doing posters on the side for shows and stuff that came in. And then um, I had 
day jobs and then uh so but my i started having some decent sized gigs like in the early 2000s and then uh i had a day job up until i guess it's been like 10 or 11 years now cool no longer a little bit longer mm-hmm. and then uh so i've been doing this for you know on, on my own for quite a while so this is um my sole uh income um doing artwork so that's actually my cue to tell anyone who's ever bought a poster an album a t-shirt anything that i've ever done i appreciate it thank you (laughs) and uh you know like this has been a dream congratulations like that's that's just really it it, it can be really hard to get to that point for a lot of people where where your income comes from from doing the art and and i don't know if you feel this way but sometimes it can be hard to balance like do i enjoy this as much because i'm doing it for money as opposed to if i were doing it on my own do you have a side version of art that you do this just for yourself um i do there's certain things like um i keep my my uh actually these days it's been fantastic for the first four or five years i would take any job anybody threw at me because like you know like this is my sole income you didn't want to turn anything away Right. And, you know, you're just like, all right, well, you want me to design a logo for your ADC company? You got it. You know, I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> or you want me, to, you know, to draw your sister's uh, cousin's aunt's birthday card? You got it. <laughs> you know, like, and so, and then eventually, you know, like, um, you keep plugging away. And then uh, I was fortunate doing the gig posters that, uh, that, that took off. And a lot of other people, like, um, like old school guys, like Ken, Ken Taylor, uh, Reese Cooper, uh, a thousand other people I'm not naming it right now uh, Brian Ewing like all those guys were doing gig posters the same time I was and then there was a little um, shop in Austin, Texas that had a theater and they found a loophole that if they show, were showing a film they could commission an artist to do a poster for that film uh-huh. and then the alternative film poster scene got uh, has kind of blown up and a lot of the, the gig poster guys moved from there uh, I'm doing gig posters to film posters and still that, and um, I still do both. And uh, that was that was actually probably one of the cool things that ever happened. Like, uh, so there's been like a resurgence of posters for quite some time, and it seems like the gig posters are getting another resurgence now. Like, uh, mm. like for people to curate a, a special poster for each show of the tour, that's almost unheard of. Like, I imagine I, I remember like seeing like. A couple of venues here and there, but there wasn't a show or wasn't a poster for every date, you know, from right. a different artist. So that's just wild and awesome. Yeah, totally dig. Now nah, I love the the movie posters you've done on your website and stuff too. Are really cool too. Checking those out. And that's why I wasn't really sure like where what the why you're making those. So it'd be for that theater, and they would do like showings of the movies, and you could create a new poster for it then. Or? That's how it got started. But okay. now there's several galleries like Bottleneck. Uh, um, Mondo uh, and a couple Mondo. other people, yeah, okay. and uh, so they've gotten the attention of the movie industry, okay. And so a lot of the movie industry people came back and contacted. So like I've, I've been asked to do a bunch of projects that I would have never in a million years thought I was going to be able to do. Yeah. Um, uh, so some of the posters are uh, licensed posters. So uh, a lot of the movie houses will license the artwork to these print houses and galleries that specialize in silkscreen. Okay. And say, okay, you know, for a license, like all the stuff we do with Lucasfilm, yeah. like 
there's a Star Wars license for printed material. And so like getting to do those are awesome because they're actually officially licensed. They actually go through Lucasfilm. They have like an army of people. Yeah. Now talk about a job where there's scrutiny <laughs> about what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, you want to build a fat smash, right? So <laughs> the gig posters, uh, you were asking earlier if there's kind of like an artwork I kind of do more for myself. Uh-huh. And I find gig posters, um, I get to do a lot of my personal artwork with gig posters because one, A, I love the band. I'm really inspired by music. And I think, um, you know, like I do a lot of stuff for Mastodon right now. I'm not sure if there's Cure and Mastodon fans out there. But, uh, mm-hmm. but I love working with those guys because, uh, you know, like uh, the music's awesome. And then also uh, I get to draw something that I'm fluent that you know, so there's no rigorous process of like, okay, this is what we need. This is how we do it or whatever. And it's going to mm-hmm. go in this format with these colors. It's more freedom and, and I get to express myself more. So. Those, so gig posters for my projects where I get to do that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we were going to ask too, like uh, um, with the Cure one or just in general even, do you get a lot of like uh, instructions or how much freedom do the bands tend to give you? Does it vary a lot? Like It does. Yeah. Uh, some of the more established bands, uh, like uh, like the bigger bands, like, uh, like Guns N' Roses and a few other people, uh, uh and there's actually, I, I usually work with older bands, believe it or not. Like, you know, they've been around for a while. Yeah. Those are like, it's like, a, like them, uh, like say Kiss or somebody bigger than somebody's established. Yeah. Or whatever. They have, they have, they have, you get like a, like a ground rules. Like, okay, we don't want this. We don't want this. Right. And we don't want this. We've, we've had our shows forever. And we know what our fans don't like. Right. And so, and it's usually like a, like a do not list, whatever. Hmm. And then you uh, create kind of whatever you want. But like, so like if you don't like Kiss poster though, you, kind of want to draw the guys and kiss. Right. right. Like, you know, like if you're doing like a band, like something for Cure, you get to be more cerebral. So mm. like, you know, like as much as I love drawing Robert, you know, like I wanted to draw something that had a little bit more emotion to it or, 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 or like kind of brought up memories from like when I was listening to Cure early mm. on and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's been really cool seeing how they, you know, did the different artists for each one and stuff and just seeing how they compare and stuff. Have you been able to check out some of the other ones? And uh, I have. There's a couple that haven't been released yet. And, yeah. uh, I think um, there's uh, – actually, I have several friends that did that did some of these posters. Oh, uh, cool. Uh, Oliver Barrett, I know. I uh, met him before. Brian Ewing did one. Um, I have, uh, Luke Priest did one. He's a buddy of mine from England. Okay. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to figure out who did this Toronto one because the sh- and, like the only thing shows happening, but I saw the poster was out there, yeah. and that one's like the the design and like the layout of that one's really interesting. Cool. And then um, yeah, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, that's what I love. And like it. it's so weird like to see like other people's visions of like what they had, like you know, like. Mm-hmm kind of like where they were going to go with it and so yeah for sure because yeah sometimes they're just going full on robert you know and everything and and then you see the ones that's what i really love about yours is that it really doesn't seem like it like a very like um cure specific but it fits perfectly somehow you know and it's like wow that's that's got to be so challenging to do because it's you know, I was even wondering how tempting it was to put in little things, you know, like, oh, you know, if I would have had a bit more time, yes, I yeah. would have put a lot more Easter eggs in there. Yeah, and yeah, stuff in there. <laughs> like, you know, it was cool. um, but, the turnaround was, a, was pretty quick on this one, but, yeah. um, but it was an image that, uh, I don't know, like my wife and I do like your fans and like, we used to stuff back today or whatever. And like, you know, like 
our friends like you know who weren't goth we had like goth friends then we had our friends that were a little bit more into like industrial mm-hmm. and you know like you know like all right you bunch of shoegazers yeah. and then like you know like <laughs> we had friends that were punk and like um like when i grew up listening to the cure it was when i was like god i guess i was in junior high out in california that was the first time i heard them and then you know they've just been a soundtrack to part of my life no matter where i've moved in the states or where yeah. i've been and to you know even though it's melancholy like it always just brought not everything's melancholy from the cure but it always yeah. brought like if i was having going through something whatever like i had just moved to a new town and right. like i didn't have any friends yet or anything and you know i was like the only kid wearing black and had like a funny haircut you know wherever <laughs> it was mm-hmm. it just felt like you know if i would listen to the cure i felt like i had somebody who understood me and like mm-hmm. or like you know or like i had had you know gone in a similar path in life the same way or or their music was, was soothing you yeah. know like yeah, that's something we always come back to on the show here. It's just crazy that they're like the most reliable friend, you know, that's always been there in a sense, you know, when you're at your yeah. highest and lowest, you know, you can always count on them to have your back and stuff like that, you know, as tacky as it sounds, oh, but it's a... Uh, absolutely. It's, no, I mean, like I've had some really great moments and they were there and had some really crappy moments and they were there, you, yeah. know, like their, you know, at least their music was there, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. great. Yeah used the word um did you say cerebral when you were talking about what you wanted to do yeah i, I wanted i wanted I to portray it. more like you did it which not every i can't say that about all of them like but you really did you really did <laughs> i appreciate it and glowing yeah, yeah. It's, it's really great just the yeah i mean is there a, a specific you know, model that this was based on. Dare we dig deep? Actually, and... <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. There isn't a. There was a lot of thoughts in my head going through all their track lists in the song, like yeah. of course, whatever. And like Robert sings a lot about you know the ladies and stuff, and yeah. um, <laughs> and I don't know if they're his lady or a lady in his life right. they singing about or whatever or maybe just, I don't know who he's singing about to me, but uh, I, I, it, like I don't know. There's, a, there's a, it's like a something about it like when i listen to the cure and like when i think of whoever he's you know singing about whatever i always come back to like some vision in my head of like you know like like a beautiful like female entity mm-hmm. and i don't know why i guess it's my projections on, the, on a lot of their songs or the songs that mean a lot to me mm-hmm. it seems like it's part of his but now i think we need to call him and ask him I was like all right yeah. what were you <laughs> thinking <laughs> but uh but I wanted uh, to invoke something beautiful, um, something a bit melancholy, like you don't know if she's sad or if she's dreaming, yeah, or that's... or you know, like you know, if she's lost in her mind or lost, you know, like you know, just just I wanted to, something to kind of represent the way I feel when or or what I see in my head when when I listen to the music. Yeah, yeah. and um, and and actually that encompasses a, a lot more than what that illustration ever could. What I could accomplish there, and take a million illustrations to do that, but that was just one portion of it. It, yeah. it just it just shows, like in your line work and and her expression, just the, the lipstick, like all the little, the, and then they they seem like they're Easter eggs. And mm-hmm. I'm guilty of this. So when when it first surfaced online, and people are like, "I want, what does it mean? What does it mean? Everybody <laughs> wants to know, like right. why why the rosaries? What?" What's going on with, her, with the crown on her head, and and is it Mary, his wife, and 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 I started going down this like whole like super art nerd 
path of like, well, let's see, it's New Orleans and it's jazz week. And it kind of reminds me of like turn of the century art deco or um, arts and crafts period and the kind of colors that you would see in like a Maxfield Parish painting. And, and so I started, I'm like, I don't know, but I think I know. And so it's, it's interesting to just hear that you just kind of went with an instinct rather than thought about it that much, you know? Sometimes that's the best way to start off. And then like as, as I got in there, there's some uh, magnolias in there, some other plant like to kind of represent home. And then, uh, okay. you know, and then, um, and Norns is a very green, lush place. So, like, you know, we have lots of vegetation. Uh, my plants are always happy because it rains all the time in the summer. <laughs> and I wanted, uh, like, you know, like, I wanted to feel old, like my city. I wanted to, um, like, I'm, obviously, I'm, I'm a big uh, Luca fan. Yeah, and, that, uh, that's you know, I was trying to think of, yeah. Yeah, love him, and I love that movement. Gustav Klimt, all those guys. Yeah, that's uh, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, you know, and then there's a thousand other names I'm, I'm forgetting, but I love that era of art, yeah. and um, I, I love pen and ink uh, line work. That that was, I don't know. I, I read tons and tons of comic books when I was a kid, and like I was practiced inking for like days, and I still love the technique of inking. So even though I work digitally, or whatever, I have like custom brushes that you know represent like different, you know, like brush weights and line weights and stuff. And um, and then uh, with the colors, I had to have gold, you know, because, mm. you know, there's a lot of gold in our city. And not to mention, you know, if I don't mention the Saints, somebody in the world will probably come knock down my door. <laughs> so I had to have that representation. Ah. And then, uh, and then uh, I, uh, a lot of the Cure album covers, too, have a lot of red and blue in them, which is a really hard color palette yeah. to... To, to work with they're like okay i'm gonna challenge myself here a little bit i'm gonna see if i can make those colors work and so i want to get really ethereal with the background like you'll you'll see like a it's not necessarily cells but like it's like a weird biology stuff going on or, or it could be blood who knows yeah. with the red in the background and then of course i want to do a, a nod you know to robert with a messy lipstick yeah <laughs> and then uh but i actually really really enjoy hearing other people's interpretation of artwork and Growing up, I was always one. I wanted to know what it meant, and I always wanted to talk to artists to know what it meant. And then I remember some artist I had heard. Uh, I think he did like a TV interview or something, whatever. And he was talking about how important it is to give it to the audience and let them put their meaning into it, whatever. And then if you can do that, if you can give that gift to like, okay, not only does it mean something to you, this is for everyone, and I want it to mean something to them and what they're going to take away with it. And I find that with music a lot too. Like there's certain songs like. Mm -hmm. You know, like the artist probably didn't even intend anything like that, but so many people, you know, put that to the music, or whatever. That's that's what it was about, or in their head, you know, and that's what they made from the lyric, or that's what they got from the lyrics, or how they interpreted it. To me, music is also like it reminds me of a place and a time, and it's very like, and art does that too. And I know, like, like I have some artists who absolutely love the first album, and maybe the second or third album is like far, far superior. To me, because where I was at in life or what I was doing and what that album meant to me, you know, when I heard those songs, I still prefer that album. And technically, it might not be better. It might not even be the artist's favorite track, whatever. Yeah. But it means something to me. And I think art should do that as well. It should evoke a memory or a thought or, or someplace in time for you or, or it should stir some sort of emotional response. Because, and I'm, I was glad that the, the piece is um, successful enough, to, you know, to give to the audience and let them find their own meanings in it. Yeah, for sure. 
That's great. Because, <laughs> yeah, everyone is. It's very Cure song-like, you know, like because we do that constantly on the podcast here where everyone's picking up their interpretations of a Cure song or something, you know, like, and Robert's yeah. great at that where, he, you know, doesn't flat out say, you know, because sometimes the storyteller thing's cool where if he just flat out says, yeah, it was this trip Mary and I took, we did this and we did this, and you're just like, whoa, okay, that's the whole story, you know, but he never does that. It's always, like, yeah. just vague enough where ah. you can identify it and mold it into whatever memory you have and you know and and uh yeah so it, that's awesome it's a perfect fit for that yeah i love the mystique i, I love when uh, like you know like of course i'm like an excuse like a lot of people like i like to dig in and try and find out as much as i can about something i like yeah but the mystery when the mystery is still there it's it's great yeah so. yeah 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 i love the the it's like stars in her hair too a bit you know like uh yeah i see it that way where it's like <laughs> It's kind of its own thing in itself, too. That's a cure song waiting to be written right there. Something about <laughs> stars in her hand. <laughs> um, Get on it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Another challenging thing, it must have been, I just being a cure nerd with their logos of how hard it must be just to write the cure and not have it be from a specific era or anything, you know, and the logo you or their name on this poster here is so cool that that could be like a whole album's worth of a logo. I think, you know, it's uh you did a great job with that. Thank you. And I'll actually pull the curtain back on that one uh-huh. because uh, actually that was one note I forgot that I did mention because I wanted, I was going to use the cure logo oh, yeah. from this particular tour. And I'm like, okay, cause yeah. a lot of bands sometimes are like, okay, now this is the logo we're using in this area. Right. And they're very specific about that. And that hadn't been mentioned in the notes before I started on the piece. So I had that as a placeholder and that was one request. I'm sorry. Uh, he actually, uh, you know, according to the message I got, Robert uh-huh. asked specifically that I do my own logo. And uh-huh. I was just like, okay, uh-huh. no pressure. No pressure. I'm like, sure. what am I going to do? Yeah. And so like, I, I must've did like 15 or whatever. So I was going to do like some typeset and then, you know, like, um, you know, create my own font. And then yeah. finally I just wound up, you know, painting with a brush on top of it and, yeah. So, and I wanted it to go with the, the uh, all right, I'm going to show my ignorance as an artist here. The, the negative or positive space of the leaves. Right and I wanted the, the Cure logo to go with that. So it looks like, you know, they're falling or moving in the wind. I wanted some yeah. sort of movement with it. So. Yeah, it's perfect. You nailed it, man. That's so cool to hear. Because, yeah, I would, you know, you just, you get so used to seeing it and all the different fonts throughout the albums throughout the years, you know, and uh, coming up with one. And I kind of see that on some of the other ones where I look at them like, Oh, I love the art, but the logo just isn't quite there or something, you know, like the, the name doesn't hit, but yeah, that could be a whole, whole album's worth of logo right there. <laughs> so, well, uh, if they need it. Yeah. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I feel like that's a huge compliment that that was requested yeah because it, that meant like that that existing logo didn't feel quite right and he or they trusted you to come yeah. because they liked what you did and they didn't want this logo superimposed over it where some other artists just used some sort of fonts that are related to old albums yeah, which is weird. Yeah, looking at some of the other ones they have, and that's you know, and we all nerd out it in that direction. We're like, why are they using the head on the door font for a current? Yeah, you know, the, you know that kind of thing. Actually, I'm, I'm, I just pulled up the other ones, and yes, they're they're. I guess they didn't get the same notes, but yeah. no, I, I did really. But what you said that that was a huge honor, and that actually felt like you know, for him to let an artist interpret their logo as well as their poster. That's huge. That this speaks volumes about how 
fantastic. You know, uh, him and the crew are like, like, like they do love art and they're actually, you know, like supporters of art as well. And, and, all, and a bunch of other forms. So that, yeah. that was fantastic. So Robert, if you're, if you're hearing this, thank you. Mm. Uh, that's amazing. And I appreciate your trust and, I'm gonna go home and sweat now. Actually, I'm already home. I'm gonna start sweating. So now I'm feeling the pressure. I wasn't feeling the pressure so much while I was working. Yeah. Now I'm feeling more pressure. <laughs> totally. It's good. Well, it was approved. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, good. <laughs> it's definitely my favorite of all of them, for sure. Oh, thank you, yet. thank you. And it's you know what that there. I have a thing because I'm because I'm a woman. I think, and I bring this into the podcast mm-hmm. every once in a while, like. <laughs> So how about a woman's perspective on all this? Because it's often the guys talking about the music. And, <laughs> you know, I've, I've played guitar so I can talk about music on a, on a certain level. And then with art, and I'm guessing that because this industry that you're in is sort of a male-dominated industry, then, then the gallery's pool of artists that they're going to pull from are going to be primarily male artists, um, and which is sad because it shouldn't be a boys club because I know mm-hmm. tons of artists like Tara McPherson, uh, Sarah Deck, uh, oh man, Tuta Ole. I'm actually, I just totally mispronounced her name. I am huge fans of and like a thousand more ladies that need representation and artwork and like they mm-hmm. should, like, the, the, this should not be a boys club. And like, I always felt that way because, like, uh, like when I do a lot of uh, pop art. It seems like, you know, like most of the audience or whatever, it, it was geeky guys and like it was geeky ladies or whatever. And it seems like it's getting more open, which is fantastic. And but it's mm-hmm. still a long, long ways to go. But I um, absolutely love uh, uh, when I see like uh, one of the girls actually uh, throw out like some super nerdy shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. You're just as big as a geek <laughs> as I am. I love it. I love it. And I'm like, like uh like sarah is like a great horror artist and like uh and like it should uh, i think she did like plan nine from outer space i'm like say what cool. i'm like i didn't see that one coming i'm like yes yeah so, yeah well okay you should do some posters sounds like you need to get in we need more yeah, yeah. it's 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 not just your industry i mean even children's books which you would think would be more female dominated the the um the people who have won, they've had to make a whole um, issue of how many Caldecott winners there are that have been male over the years. You know, the, the illustration prize of the year is, has been male dominated for for as long as children's books, have, for as long as the Caldecott's been given out. And, really? Yeah. And, and it's funny because I go to, I don't want to talk about myself too much, but I go to a lot, oh, of, um, <laughs> a lot of children's book conferences, workshops. I've I've co-led some of those, and the people who show up who want to learn how to illustrate children's books are primarily female. There are just so many more, like so many, so many more women, and and trans and and non-binary people who are trying to get into children's books but for some reason there seems to be this favoritism where the and i don't know what it is it's like a certain star power or i don't know the origin of it i just i feel like i feel like a little angry you know because i'm like why why is my stuff not any better than why why is it not competitive you know and and i I know i mean absolutely there is like all right there's no like you know like 
benefit to, to either sex in the arts, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think the arts actually draw always draws like, you know, like, you know, the quirky kids maybe quite didn't fit in, want to start a band or start artwork, whatever. And I know like growing up, you know, like couldn't throw a football for, I don't want to curse. I couldn't throw a football, I couldn't play basketball, and like, but I could draw. And that's something that spoke to me. Yeah. And I know plenty of friends of mine, you know, like boys and girls alike, whatever, you know, like were, are drawn to the arts. And I never understood when, especially that playing field, I mean, that, that there should not be a boys club for that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the arts, for God's sake. It's like, dude, like, you know, like, uh, like actually we just lost Tina Turner today. Mm-hmm. And like, what a beautiful soul and uh, um, great music, great artist. And actually, you should be judged. She should be judged on her art alone, not just the fact that she's a woman, but the fact that she said she spoke up for women's rights and actually had to work that hard as a woman in that industry. Mm-hmm. It's like, as no, a it's, black woman, as a woman of color, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. you know, no, it's like it's, it's Tina Turner, man. You can't right. deny that. Yeah. It's like, it's like, and for anybody who wants to put a cap on it or not include someone because of, you know, like their sex or gender or their identity or whatever, it's like, no, dude, this is the arts. And like the arts have always been like the, the people who weren't, you know, like, and not to, you know, um, you know, like, Look, look down upon sports or anything or, or, or specific things that where you need a physical build or something you might be better at, you might have advantage at, you know, due to your gender. The arts were never like that. It's a level playing field. And like, mm-hmm. you know, the women are just as talented as men, actually in most more aspects than that, than just the arts. I, I, in my mind, just especially the arts shouldn't have that problem. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be artists. We're supposed to be open. Like, we're supposed to be inclusive. Like, you know, we're supposed to be the ones I love the world of dreamers, you know, like, and the dreamers aren't supposed to say like, ah, no, 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 no. It's like, all right, it's a closed club, you know, unless you're the specific thing. And then, you know, like you're not going to get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm angry too. Yeah, it's me cool. too. You got us, <laughs> got us all riled up. <laughs> all right, we'll bring it down a little bit. I wonder if it's like the people who are marketing, it, how much of it is the actual artists being that way and how much of it is the marketing industry and, and, yeah, or laziness you know, or something. Yeah, whatever the blame is for it. But yeah, well, I wonder. Like, I mean, well, if the society not promote like that? Uh, like, I was very lucky. Like, I uh, um, early on, I started to draw, and I, I got I had a lot of support from my family, from my teachers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, like, is is it supportive system or whatever? Or is it like you know, like? If it's an industry that's for artists or whatever, then why why are there more guys? Are they are they actually expected? Or are they given more opportunities mm-hmm. as as a man to to do these jobs or whatever? Or how, like I don't know what the problem is. Like I don't know if it's yeah. just strictly society or is it these industries in particular that are just difficult? Yeah, so. mm. you don't have the answer. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I wish I did. I'll do some more internet sleuthing. See if I get back to you in about five minutes. We'll figure this out. Yeah, okay, all right. I'll get back so, to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, did, did you say you were able to go to the New Orleans show? Were, were you able to see him? Sadly, I was not. Nah. Um, no, no. My wife actually had COVID that night, and oh, sorry to hear. And like she was feeling ill, whatever. Not just that night, but she had COVID, yeah. and like she had started feeling pretty ill. And like um, I was gonna, uh, I was supposed to. Uh, they were looking at getting some passes, and something happened where that wasn't gonna happen. So I was gonna order tickets that morning, and she's just like. Oh my gosh, she's like, I'm gonna test. I'm like, she tested. I'm like, okay, and we're not going. Uh, and I was just like, oh man, but she's much better. She's fine. So thankfully, it was good, good. You know, nothing, it wasn't a big deal. Um, you know, so, yeah. uh, so that was the first and foremost thing. But 
we'd seen them a few times here in New Orleans, but yeah. that that particular show, I, w- I would have loved to attend. Yeah. To attended. Yeah. I'm heartbroken, but I was glad I was able to, you know, be a part of it in some small way by yeah, doing a post for, sure. for my show. So, so I felt like a little bit of my spirit was there. So, yeah. like I, 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 I'll be able to. That's what I'm telling myself, so I can live with that. Not seeing that show. Yeah. <laughs> so if not, I'm gonna try and yeah, maybe go somewhere else in the United States or see if uh, they're doing Europe while we're over there. Yeah. yeah. Did y'all? So have you guys seen any of, the, of, the, of this tour? No, yeah. Um, or you didn't go out yet, did you, Kate? Yeah. Going no, just I went to when they toured in um, in overseas. I saw them in London and Dublin. Yeah. And nice. Cardiff, and that was cool. I've never seen them play on their home turf before or outside of the United States before. So that was sort of a bucket list item. And it was, it was definitely worth it. I mean, it was, a, it was more money than, cause now I can't afford to go to the US shows <laughs> the outside of, of like driving distance, but, hmm. but it was, it was worth the experience for sure. So if you do get an opportunity to see them outside the United States, it's a different kind of crowd. I did. actually uh, we have we have some um, some friends of ours uh, that live overseas and we 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 seen some great shows in Europe and I don't know why but it, yes there is different from the states and not that the states don't have great shows because we do and like I've seen some beautiful fantastic performances mm-hmm. but like um, next month we're gonna see Susie and Echo and the Bunny Man nice. in Greece and like like I've never seen oh. Susie like ever yeah, really. and like so this is a bucket list so I'll be able to see that show next month. It's, Kind of softens the blow a little bit. Sorry, yeah, Robert. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I want to come. You know. <laughs> but, uh, but I, would, I would definitely love to go see uh, one of the shows on this on this like on this tour. But so I'm still looking into it. Hopefully, cool. be able to you make should. it. Yeah. Well, we'll be the uh, at the New York and Philly. We'll hit, both be. Oh, ah, nice. So okay. If, if you end up at one of those, definitely drop us a line. Be cool to cross paths. But um, yeah. So we're gonna right do that in Maryland. I'm gonna try to hit that one, and then. Uh, take my kiddo and wife to the Miami finale is our goal. So, <laughs> so oh, nice. Actually, nice. the Miami one be easier for me to get to. But uh, yeah. uh, are you going to see them at uh, Madison Square Garden? Yeah, yeah. The first uh, night I've so always far. Wanted. That's uh, yeah. They're doing three shows there, so should be that cool. Would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah. sure you know with with that putting the design on the on the t-shirts and stuff now too. You're going to just rando see people walking around and uh they'll be wearing your your art man <laughs> that's that's gonna be really really strange um uh i was contacted by the the uh, collections again because i did a i always do a variant and a regular poster okay and so um and they weren't gonna do the variant but the they liked it like they did, did really well and, and thanks to anyone who's listening who got one or whatever uh, the band decided they wanted to do second colorway as well okay so but uh did you say t-shirts i didn't hear about that one yet t-shirts yeah they um through i I don't think you can get them at the shows for the ones that have already happened um now you'd have to order them through the cures website for past shows you know but um but yeah they're putting them on t-shirts and tote bags and everything <laughs> which nice, nice. hopefully uh yeah you're getting some kickback on that or something but <laughs> they, oh, yeah, i'm definitely gonna find a t-shirt I didn't, uh, so i have some uh, some some artist proofs coming and hoping to get them this week we leave next week to go overseas cool so um i don't think i'll be able to to send any out to uh, a few people 
that were nice enough to actually message me and write and, and they said they would like some. So, uh, but I don't think I'll be able to get any out before I go. Yeah. So I think I probably won't have anything until July. Yeah. You do have a, t- you have a t-shirt. You do. You have a t-shirt on the website. Yeah. Uh, oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to tell someone to send me it. Of course, it's always hard because I wear an extra small. So every time like, <laughs> extra small, really, I think we have like one of those yeah. somewhere. Uh, we have to go find the track that down. So. Yeah, I think awesome. they yeah, just had small with the small. Yeah. Just have to dry it a few times. Yeah, either that or it'd make a great tank top. Just, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you know, you go for the whole 90s oversized look. You know? Yeah. Like, actually, it's coming back, right? Exor- yeah, yeah, it totally is. <laughs> Like I just got to the point to where I can wear my skinny jeans, you know, a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. And like now I'm like, all right, are we back to baggy? I've uh, been through them all. I've, I've been around for a while. So I'm like, yeah. you know, are we doing holes in the knees again? Okay, that's great. <laughs> yep. Love it. Yep. Yeah. As long as it's black, I'm fine. So yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I did happen to catch, you talked to, what was it, uh, Michelle Franzinelli? Am I pronouncing it right? That has like an Italian cure face book thing for the cure or something yeah. little, oh man we love doing like origin tales on this and stuff and and it had a small little section of of how you got into the cure and stuff as a kid that i really loved i was wondering if you could recap that for us as well because we had some good crossover <laughs> yeah it was funny because like that's one of my first memories of the cure so uh i was living in california at the time and uh like all my friends and i they were like old skateboarders and like you know like we were listening to, like black flags or jerks, you know, like you know, like you're you know, like it's all punk, dude, yeah, like a yeah. little bit of metal and like you know, like suicide tendencies, and like rah. And then um, I had an uncle of mine who was a big influence, and um, you know, like back in the early '80s, he had like a big red mohawk, and he like he had some tattoos, and oh. like you know, like mm-hmm. and uh, he always like he turned me on to like the cramps and like a bunch of punk, and, like he was like like my first Billy Idol album was you know was, was Generation X that he had, so. Yeah. You know, so like I was, so I was just used to him having a lot of punk or like hardcore music around, and uh, and I was going to listen to his albums one day. He's like, yeah, yeah, check this out now, whatever. And, and uh, he had bought Boys Don't Cry, and and uh, I was just like, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm looking at the album. I'm like, all right. I'm listening to it, and I was like, oh man, this is really good. I'm like, oh, and jumping to my uncle's train. Uh, title track boys don't cry and I was just like wow this is fantastic it was great and like but I didn't want to tell any of my friends I was listening to it because it wasn't I felt like it wasn't like hardcore enough yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. And, and, you know and give me some grief about it and uh, so uh, one day uh, after school I was going with a friend and we had all skated uh, a couple friends and whatnot um, around uh, my friend's neighborhood and we we're having a sleepover at his house and uh like one of the other guys just come with us and like he bugged out for some reason or another so it's just me and my buddy and uh so like you know after uh eating dinner at a, at a you know downstairs whatever we went up to go hang out in his room he had his own tv and stuff so i was just like he was living it up you know like, right. like his parents <laughs> a little bit better off whatatever i'm like nice. your own room your own tv i'm like he always had like the newest decks and everything and i was like oh man like you know like, every once in a while i get some hand-me-downs from him who wasn't using that deck without yeah. <laughs> and uh so i was just like we're li- looking he was doing something like reading a magazine or whatever and i was going through his tape list or his tape deck uh or section and there, there was a cassette tape and it was the boys don't cry i'm like dude He's like, what? Uh, I was like, uh, I think that's my sister. She must have left that here or something, whatever. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like 
And I'm like, it's really good. He's like, you listen to it? I'm like, yeah. He's like, right? It's we're good. And like, so like, oh, and I do. We're listening to it, man. And it's like, dude, this is fucking rad. And so, you know, yeah. and since then, I've been a fan, man. And that was just, you know, it was cool. Like, even though we were all, you know, punk skaters, man. Yeah. Like, dude, like, even the Cure spoke to us at, at that age. <laughs> and I was just like, man, these guys are awesome. So, and then uh, I just followed their career throughout the years, man. That's cool. And like, like I said, like, I always had like, you know, some of their music playing. I think I've had most of their albums in like every format, you know, whether it's tape, CD, you know, like, yeah. um, super CD, super audio CD, like, you know, it's like albums. Like, yeah. <laughs> not so i love it yeah but, uh, i mean that's that was yeah. kind of my start that, too was when we were all skate kids on the street there and the same thing we would get like thrasher and just buy whatever album you know we, we got onto the misfits got in that like dead kennedy's yeah. what is this one and that's that one but there's always like a cure shirt or something kind of sprinkled in there too so they're always yeah. kind of in the in the mix there and Sure enough, those tapes started spreading around, and and then yeah, gradually as we're all doing our little sessions there on the ditch and stuff, and they'd be like, "We'll put on uh, you know suicidal tendency," and I'm like, "I kind of want to put on the Cure, man, Love Cats." And right. like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know if I skate to it, but I feel it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but, uh, yeah, it's funny. It's probably what Tony Hawk's listening to, like you know, it's like, yeah. like whenever he was skating, like you know, oh man. Totally. And at his weddings, he danced with his wife their wedding song was plain song yeah yeah he's All definitely right. down with the kid there you go right there i know right hey. right <laughs> oh man so like and then like even like and and like has any other band been that like you know like a sort of looking for like you know like no matter what decade they were in they were still influential yeah and like That's... to this day i mean still they're like and not many bands have that same power yeah. and i mean that's just a test you know to, to what they're doing they're you know yeah but um so and, what was your were you were you a skate punk too, Kate? Like, um, how'd you get into the my, care? My boyfriend, I had I dated some skaters, and uh, I I did inherit a deck at one point, <laughs> and I learned how to ollie. Yeah. And nice. Just yeah. learning how to ollie and doing that, like in front of the the public school kids. I went to Catholic school, so I'd go up to the public school kids. They had like all the good rails and everything, and <laughs> and I just and I did an ollie and I landed it once really well and i was like Shanna, she's a baby. There you go. So, <laughs> so, so i earned some respect yeah. nice and but i did get into the cure around the same time that was like 1988 ish yeah. and i think it was the um the standing on a beach singles collection that kind of came out just before disintegration and that everybody was circulating and then i had the columbia house magazine that or <laughs> yep. catalog that came to the mail oh, yeah. i got a whole bunch of shit from that um right. stamps yeah. you know well, bring it back yeah. I love it. columbia house I yeah I'm like, yeah well they they had to have gone bankrupt i paid them more than a dollar yeah. <laughs> right i don't know yeah. they must have a lot of pennies from a lot of people yeah <laughs> so. yeah 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 Awesome. But yeah, it was. They think the skaters like they they liked. I don't know if they they were kind of like in the closet about like in the Cure. But uh, my boyfriend at the time, he he was very much into the Cure, and it was because his older brother had a poster on the wall that was like the "Let's Go to Bed" poster. Okay. Oh, dude, nice. Robert and Heyday and all that. I think he had me at the hair, man. Like first time I actually saw like his hair, I was like, all right, anybody's yeah. hair like that, dude. 
I'm down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <right. laughs> totally. That's cool. But so yeah, that's the only other, the other big question is so you you heard them before the whole image side of it and stuff then and then did you kind of latch on to how they looked and stuff based on videos or magazines? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, MTV was like a huge like all right, so one of my stepdads about not too far from that time, whatever. He worked for the cable companies. Mm -hmm. And oh. so I was like the only kid on my block who had HBO. And I was the only kid who had MTV. So I remember watching MTV when it first came out. Like, mm. hey, was there, we're at my house. We're like, what the shit is this? You know, like, <laughs> right. that was like Night Flight and whatever else. But uh, but no, man, like, my looks changed as, as the 80s went on. Like, uh, like, I stopped being a little less punk. Like, and, like I'm still like be punk and heart or whatever like right. <laughs> you know of course i love metal like iron maiden and all this stuff so like i'm pretty collective with my music whatever but uh you know like as soon as like i guess this it was well before disintegration but like when the goth scene moved in i, I was all in like first time i saw like lux interior and like uh sisters of mercy dude and everybody wearing i was like yeah i'm all right i'm in <laughs> this, is, this is a natural progression for me or whatever they're, they're still a little angry and they're wearing black whatever they're, yeah. they're a little anti-establishment been going on like this is great i'm in so yeah yeah it's awesome <laughs> but no yeah it's like yeah what was it uh was it what the hell were shoes? was it was it nike or reeboks like his big his big tennis shoes back in the 80s uh they all had them his reeboks were, yeah reeboks. it was reeboks yeah, yeah. Reeboks. and his were the technically high tech uh, his yeah. were different yeah, yeah his were different weird, it was like high tech yeah. or something yeah uh, uh, we always thought he had like custom extended tongue put on it somehow or something. Right. <laughs> we just his time at the bottom of the lace, whatever. Yeah, I think so. bad boys up, man. We, we assumed he was I mean, sponsored like, or something, had his own signature I'm like, shoe. <laughs> I'm like, I thought he was a rebel dude. He went from like all black dude and white tennis shoes. I mean, that's a statement right yeah, there. Man. Yeah, yeah. Brave, so I was just like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. yeah. now shoes are like these big moon boots that are evidently were made for firemen i just found out uh, recently yeah. like the giant shoes that he wears yeah huh nice so sense. like no matter how hot the stage gets man like his feet are gonna be nice and comfy dude like you know like sure. fire boots are nice <laughs> he's up there for no, like three it, hours he's gotta keep his feet comfortable and nice and safe yeah. <laughs> yeah. little elevation actually i miss wearing all my big platform boots back from uh the early 2000s man like uh actually uh my wife came home she had some platform espadrilles or something Nice. So I was like, "Whoa, wait, platforms are back." She's like, "Not for you, not for the guys." <laughs> yeah, I'm quite made it back then. I'm like, "Damn it!" I'm Damn. like, "Cause like, I, I keep a lot of my old clothes. Like, I've got like a blue cheer shirt I had like when I was a teenager. Awesome. Like, you know, like it's got holes barely together. Like, I got like a bunch of old ministry shirts and whatnot. Mm. And like, I still have a closet, a box up in the attic, whatever. That's like, like the platform, like clod hoppers, like looks like I'm like Frankenstein boots and like the big." <laughs> It's like, I, I miss it, man, because, like, you know, it gave me, like, an extra four or five inches doing that, and it the shit out of my hair, nice. and it'd be almost as tall as my friend, so. There you go. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> However, I think the environment's a little better off now that I'm not using so much hair product yeah, these days. Probably. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can trace it all back to uh, Robert's hairspray, probably. <laughs> yeah. I got a friend of mine, like, like uh, he's another post-artist. Uh, he lives in London, man. He's and he doesn't do the hair. He doesn't brush the hair. Yeah. And he just and it just works because he's got uh, this beautiful mop, dude. And like, right. I think if he brushed it, dude. I think he'd lose like part of his artistic ability. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Part. I think I think there's a lot of power up there in the nest. <laughs> and I think Rob's the same way, man. Like you know, like, dude, what, how how are we gonna do the song? I don't know, man. Don't mess just, with the hair, dude. Yeah, like, you know, that's where his mojo lives. It'll all come it is, to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Tim Burton, I mean, it's like the same way. Tim Burton's got like his crazy. Gee. 
brain mop uh, going on. Right. <laughs> I think he got that from Robert, though. I don't oh, know. Totally. Who did it first? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I guess as far as still yeah. got it, then have you heard the the new songs that they've that haven't officially yeah. come out but live? Have you? I heard a recording and then somebody uh, did uh, actually pretty good audio from the show as well because yeah. I wanted to hear something and like I want to support them so I don't want to listen to bootleg like, music so I'm trying not to you know like fill it out out but yeah. uh, I did listen through it and I don't know man like again with the consistency like of good songs yeah. how many decades later like yeah, like know. so many other bands like they come through and maybe it's like one good album. Right. More tracks off that album, and then anything after that, they just can do it again. Right. And it's like lightning in the bottle, and they do it time after time after time after time after time. Yeah. But Alone and uh, was it in song? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Something good. Yeah. I know we're all dying for this so. record, but <laughs> at this point, it's just great oh. to hear them live. You know, that's uh, right. Right. pretty cool. It just keeps stoking the fire more where you're like, oh, I just want to hear the album now. <laughs> right? no, I want to listen to it in the car. They just I did be a, driving and listen to like, yeah, the actual fully mixed all album. The, all the chimes. I just bought a brand new receiver <laughs> that came in yesterday. So as soon as the album comes out, I'm ready. Cool. Oh, Actually, no, I got to replace like two more speakers and then I'll be ready. <laughs> so I've got the best audio system I've had in my life, you know, since I was a kid, you know, like, so it's a long way from like the boom box. I think I said tape, dude. So like, I'm I'm ready for the audio. Put it out. Like, let's, yeah. let's go. Let's release this like tomorrow. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I initially would want to ask you if if you could design the new album cover. What kind of ideas do you think would come off the top of your head? But that might be a bit of a tall order. But based on some that boot, is a bootlegs, hugely <laughs> very large, super tall, so, tallest order there. No man, like uh, how do you encapsulate? Like yeah. visually, like that that's that would take a lot of time research yeah. but like i would almost see in like some sort of ethereal floating entity like maybe made of light or something you know like going through like a forest and ether and like going into the car like i don't know man like where do you start with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a, yeah it's a lot of heavy like, concepts uh, going on in that album too i think so <laughs> right because i mean like you know themes about death and 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 not being in touch with the person and he's I mean, he's an atheist. He doesn't believe in there being like an afterlife or anything. That I, unless he's changed. Yeah, but. who knows? <laughs> oh no, like a you know, I'm an atheist as well, and like I, I think somehow, like you know, whatever it is that makes up our spirit or like who we are, or, like where we are as a person, or whatever that energy, like I don't know, man. I think it's too special not to go on in some other realm, and like because a lot of people I know like who aren't here anymore, and like. You know, like, any life's too short, but I hope, you know, like, you know, like, let me be an atom floating in the cosmos. Let me go see the rest of this universe that we're such a small part of. Like, dude, let me go still be an explorer somehow, some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that would be cool. And, like, that's, you know, like, uh, that's what I was thinking with the ethereal lady. Like, you know, like, like being a light or something, whatever, like, you know, passing over from, like, one realm to another. I read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy too. So like, there's always a beautiful thought. Like in my mind, like, you know, like where there's just that person in their spirit and like lives on just in our memories, you know, and maybe that's the power of it. You know, that's, that's how people live the eons is through the memories of others and, you know, being remembered and being spoken about and being captured like whether song, writing, art or form, whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. 
true way to be immortal is the the art you leave yeah. behind you know <laughs> it's yeah. very, very cool i guess an easier one then do you have a, a favorite already cured album cover art and concept oh man that's tough like uh disintegration <laughs> was great and then uh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm the short answer. No, I don't have a favorite one. Yeah. Like there's stuff like man, like uh, to me is it like it's, it's so. Like, I'm not gonna use avant garde. Maybe I might use that term. I don't know. But like their albums, I, I, I you know represent them yeah. and like you know their entity or whatever. And like, and I'm my art sensibilities lie in like trying to capture something in its form. And like, actually, if you really wanted to like test my level, ask me to do abstract art. Like I just, it's gone. Like I, I don't have that. Like you <laughs> yeah. know, like I can I can do abstract stuff within something that I'm drawing. Yeah. But as far as just creating a purely abstract piece of artwork, I don't know, man. Like maybe when I'm 80, I yeah. might be able to do it. I don't know. You can't see like, anymore. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm getting, it's getting close now, so we might get more abstract. Yeah, just take your glasses off. Yeah. Hey, cut loose. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I'm gonna say I think it was Dega, but one of the artists, whatever he lost his, and, and please, like whoever's out there in podcast land, if I'm wrong, don't crucify me. Yeah, <laughs> like Dega, I think it was Dega, but uh, I think he was losing his vision toward the end of his life, whatever. And he still wanted to paint, and to him, he just wanted to paint light and the way it reflected with shadow, whatever. And it didn't matter that he captured the form specifically or that he captured you know, like, uh, proportions or, uh, you know, like, you know, like when you try to capture like the human figure of the face or something like that, right. he just purely wanted to capture light and the way it played with the rest of the elements, whatever. And so he got real impressionistic and abstract with it. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, all right, if I start just, if I start to lose my vision, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go that route. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go look up exactly what he said and memorize it. So there I can, go. <laughs> that'd be my portion. So, uh, just stick to it. Yeah. So, sounds yeah. like a plan. <laughs> but and if, if worse get worse comes to worse, man, I'm gonna really get into like just listening to music. Man. Maybe yeah. I'll learn how to play an instrument. There you go. <laughs> and I just don't have the coordination, but yeah. Right on. Cool, All man. Right. This brings me to an art question since we're seeing this is your studio behind you, I assume. Like, this is yeah, I actually work. can't really see it that well because it's on the iPad. But yeah, yeah but, but yeah. I see. Is that a Cintiq that you got there? Or? Yes. Let's see if I can help you out. Sorry for the poor camera. Yeah. Chip, nice. whatever. yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's see if I turn this way. Does that help? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. We'll have to do some screenshots here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this thing is a lifesaver. Like, I, I absolutely I love it. Um, I started when I first started uh, drawing digitally. Uh, you, you only had the mouse. When I was talking about my friend, you got me yeah. in the silk screen. So I'm at his house, and then we had, I did a pencil drawing, and then I had a light tail at home, and I did my inking over it for what I wanted to do for this particular poster. And then we scanned it in like four pieces because I worked big, and like a scanner was like an eight by ten scanner. I'm like, dude, you're an artist. Where's your eleven by seventeen? It's like too expensive. I got one of those, you know. So we did. It. So we scanned like four or five pieces, stitched together in Photoshop, and then I was trying to color with a mouse. Thought mm -hmm. I was gonna die. It's like just a horrible experience. Like if you try to do too in too much of a mouse, like, you know, drawing with a mouse. Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, and I believe it was Wacom, same company, came out with uh, a pen stylus. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this is fucking genius. Like, I don't know who wrote this on ones and zeros, but you guys, that's that's the real genius of the level. Mm -hmm. And so I, so I spent years 
drawing on my table and looking at my screen. So mm -hmm. I had to teach myself how to draw that way. Right. And then they came out with the Cintiq. I was like, wait a minute, I can actually draw on the monitor itself. I'm like, all right, I'm atheist, <laughs> but there might be somebody out there. That's, that's, somebody inspired There's somebody. something out there. It, yeah. Wait, whatever, whatever the, in the ether that brought that about, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm good with. But uh, so uh, I started drawing with that, and I was like, oh, man, okay, this is perfect. And like this thing, like you can tilt it like 360, you know, you spin it 360 degrees, yeah. which is crazy. And you still function locks, whatever. And so it actually, because that was the hardest thing about drawing. First off, uh, with the, the, the stylus, whatever, like if, you, if you're right-handed trying to do like a left-handed curve or something, whatever, you can't like turn your computer around. But right. this thing, you actually turn like paper so I can flip the angle, turn it around, and it's way more natural. Mm -hmm. And the resolution and the sensitivity with the pen and that it replicates anything in media that's, you know, like in physical media, it replicates. Yeah, and um, one of the honors, one of the greatest honors I ever had, I got to do a show in LA, and I got to meet Rick Baker. And Rick Baker is a he's a monster maker. So if you mm -hmm. see Michael Jackson's Thriller, mm -hmm. American Werewolf in London, he's the guy who created all those uh, wonderful monsters. And um, so I did some artwork for the show. He had some of his art in the show, and uh, he was super kind and generous with time. And we were talking. And we were both talking about like the first iteration of Photoshop and Kai power tools on the plugins, you know, and the nuance mm -hmm. of the draw of the mouse and like the conversation we're having now. And he had this really, really poignant thought. Like, he's just like, it's creation without consequence. And I'm like, I'm going to use that. And I've been using it for years now. Cause like, thank you, Ruth Maker, right. whatever you're doing tonight. But uh, <laughs> it allows you, it, this allows me to try things I would never try on paper. Like we we're talking about earlier. Like if I was to spend like 80 hours on a painting and I had a wild idea in my head, I'm like, Oh, let me see if this would work. You could ruin all that work. Yeah. And so you're afraid to kind of try stuff out of, out of your wheelhouse. And it takes a lot of courage to try that with something you spent so much, you invested so much of your time in. Well, with this, I can turn on a new layer, try it, see if it works. And if it doesn't work, no harm, no foul. And that, uh, really, um, let me uh, grow as an artist and uh, try things I would have never tried and, and uh, do things I would have never been able to do. And so technology is your friend there. Yeah. But don't get me started by AI. AI. We've got a little bit But it seems like it's very ergonomically friendly. Like the it is. ability Actually, to um, tilt and lift like that. One of my friends, Marco Mana, is another post artist. And actually we, uh, we have like a a quad of us, Dave and Kev, if you're out there, hello. Um, he's got a standing desk, which I need, but they have mm -hmm. a standing desk and you just push a button. You can actually stand up and draw with it. And, and the Cintiq weighs about like the stand on it weighs like about 40 pounds. So it's pretty yeah. happy. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's chunky, but uh, I would like to do that. But uh, my friend selling me, you know, like, so I'll probably order the desk when I get back. He said, it's been a lifesaver because he comes in, he can stand up for a while, draw, sit down. Because I have like the, the the timer on my watch, tells me when I have to stand up. Being an yeah. artist, as you know, <laughs> like you know, I'm gonna be like this when I, like yeah. all hunched over when I get older. Like you know, I spend like hours and hours a day, you know, like looking at a screen and hunched over. But yeah, so ergonomically, yeah. it's nice. So. Yeah, I highly suggest it. So wake them, and you know, if you need a spokesperson, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> Sponsor this dude. Right? <laughs> Me too. I need one too. Uh, Actually, no. Sponsor, yes. Sponsor the show. <laughs> sure. Yeah. There, yeah. there we go. <laughs> cool. 
Um, I guess as we wind down then, um, unless you had any other specific art questions, Kate, do you? Well, I, one I had just because it's, it's relevant right now. So I'm leading this, um, pure fan art group. That's just all levels, totally inclusive, just on Instagram. And we started with the Robert Smith birthday challenge doing portraits of Robert and people just went to photos that they knew that they liked and did art from photos and for now we're doing Simon Simon's birthday is on June 1st and so we're pulling together pictures and you know you have a celebrity you have photographers who are known for their work and and when you're drawing you're doing a lot of figure drawing in your in your what you do um so for instance the cure poster that you did you know you have a woman's face is did, did you go to photos do you look online for things what do you what do you do with your process for that uh generally i try to stay away from faces and i get posters for that specific reason because like i can draw faces mm -hmm. and that's not gonna look like anyone in particular and okay. like she's actually no one in particular like uh i looked at some makeup photos from like the 30s and 40s of, like mm -hmm. you know the heavy eyes and like eyebrows, whatever uh the hair just i was having fun with lines um, I think that might be my wife's hand. So, uh, and then, yeah, uh, hard. yes, they are. And, and, uh, like I, I use my hand, own hands as reference quite often, but I've got these medieval paws <laughs> and like not nearly as delicate and ladylike. And then, uh, lips, uh, you know, like those are actually fun. Like, you know, like it's hard because like you change any line in the mouth shape or whatever and it changes the expression like like yeah. as humans we read expressions minutia so i will look at reference um, i don't like to reference any particular one photo unless you know like if i do a lot of movie posters so that i have to have a lot of reference so that i'm actually given assets from the, the film house themselves like um i don't know if i can talk too much about it but i've got uh, uh one an order film that that's near and dear to my heart and their assets package was fantastic like um, I've, I've gotten like behind the scenes photos of like um, i'll put some names up there was val kilmer and then chris slater um, most people are like you know and so for those ones i have to use photo reference because those are very specific uh faces and they're uh and a lot of the films are actually based on this person's look like uh right. i've had to like draw tom cruise in the past and other people and like you know like there's no making up some of the face expressions and especially like uh when i was doing some uh stuff with marvel like uh doing chris's face whatever he's got very specific lips whatever and they're they're uh, most of the notes are actually about his lips you know like you know trying to get them right and make them look like him because like subtle things change whatever like yeah. when i was growing up and doing artwork myself everyone in my family would ask me to draw the portrait and i'm like i would never draw portraits ever never ever ever, ever. <laughs> i hate drawing faces and I draw a lot of faces these days, especially like last yeah. ten years. Like, like I don't know, it's like kind of ironic, but it's funny. But uh, but no. So um, or if there's a specific property or a band asked me to use a photo, then I will. Yeah. But for like big posters, whatever. But for anything commercial, no. I try and use my own uh, artistic abilities, even though they're not all that great. And so I have to look at eyes. Okay, how are eyes shape? What is that eye shape? Whatever. And then I try and add as much of my own to it as I can. And for like her, like, you know, like looking at it now and seeing it, whatever, I'm like, okay, you know, like uh, I think actually most of my artwork, I mean, I guess a lot of artists like this too. You look at you or the, the harshest critic of, of your work, whatever. And there's oh, things yeah. I'm like, yeah. 
okay, I know I know how to draw that part of the anatomy, but was that one hundred percent correct? I don't know. Hopefully, it looks great and it's in the picture, or whatever. So, like, and then I look at like the old masters who would actually uh, uh, sit and paint like royalty or whoever they had to paint back in the day, and mm-hmm. they had moving light and no photograph. They couldn't photograph the person to paint from, and so right. they had to actually look at them and draw them. And yeah. that is still very hard because light changes throughout the day. And then, you know, your eyes may circling you or whatever. And then you have to know, like, you know, like how to draw faces, like the eyes are halfway between the forehead and the chin, the nose, half and whatever, and perspective and get all that right. And then not everybody's features are the same. And then if you draw one eye identical to the mm-hmm. other eye, mm-hmm. never works out because, like, no. people's eyes aren't, aren't identical. And, and, like, that's the first time that that's the first time you'll know it's like, all right, they just either copy and paste and flip that eye because that has the same eye on both sides. <laughs> it's like, it does not work. So, yeah. but, uh, but, so the last, I guess, 10 years or so, I've been um, having to do a lot more portraits and faces. So I'm getting better, but still a ways to go. That's great. Yeah. But uh, if you're going to draw a fan art of Robert, I would like to use a photograph of Robert and then you need to give the photographer credit because they took that photo and they captured that moment and they're just as much I mean that's art in itself that's just another right. form and like so right but yeah I always try and give credit where credit credit yeah because it's it's kind of an issue and that I'm trying to help the fan artists that are in the group kind of understand that when we just copy something that is already so been published by someone else and then Looking at you, Warhol, because then they just then they just settle that whole sure, right. thing. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're we're talking about maybe like putting a calendar together later on. So if we're going to publish something ourselves of our art, then yeah, it, yeah, then find out be... track, track down who did the photograph, make sure they're cool with it, or you know right. they want to be part of the process. And then I've had other friends that have like you know they have specific models they work with and they shoot and like mm. I'm an old school man. I'll go put on some lights and then dress up in like a sheet meal and see if I can get the light reference right. If not, I have got to figure it out. You know, it was like, but, uh, uh, some of my favorite artists are the, the Hildebrandt brothers and like mm-hmm. seeing all their photos they were able to take. And like, they did their own photo shoots of them. Like, you know, they did the hobby calendar way back when, and, mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, they dressed up as hobbies or dressed up as dwarves or whatever. And you see like, you yeah. know, like when they're doing like the Gandalf outfit where they got it and they, how much of your imagine, but always try and put some of your imagination in there. Cause like, you know, make it, you guys can draw Robert Smith, but you know, that's a hard that's a hard task because I mean he's a very specific person and so right. he can go take a photo of him and like hey Robert I'm sorry can I borrow you for a few minutes I'm gonna do your, your likeness I need you to sit still for me you know like eight <laughs> hours or a week whatever so I do you know. so and that's that's yeah. tricky it's, it's tough but um but it, but yeah if you're gonna do a calendar even if it's not for much it's still for profit whatever and profit off someone else's work without sharing or at least you know acknowledging and like I. I Mm, good old Etsy and eBay. Like I see my artwork a lot of times. Like uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I, I, was, I had to look up something today because I wanted to look up some of the other, of the, other cure, the, cure, the cure posters that I hadn't seen yet. Yeah. So I went to look them up online, and sure enough, uh, there's a poster that you know I did for Robert that they own, and you can get a you know eleven by seventeen copy over at you know like eBay or Etsy or whatever. Somebody yeah, like uh, you know, like dude, you guys are fast. It's whack a mole, man. Yeah. Like I. Yeah. Uh, what, what is it? You're not. You haven't really made it as an artist unless you've been plagiarized. Yeah, right. <laughs> think that's 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 how you, you tell you're doing something good. Like, I, somebody copy that. All right, you're on the right track. You're on the right track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any uh, general advice for up and coming artists um, in your field in particular? Or... Uh, my field, like art's weird. Like yeah. I've had this conversation with my friends quite often. It's like, uh, 
like if you're a doctor or a lawyer, there's kind of like a career path for you. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know where you're like, all right, after I graduate college, I should go intern with, you know, somebody from this company or whatever. And you always have like, you know, an apprenticeship or something to learn. And art, it's not like that. I feel like it's not like that with film or music anyway. Like, like I can give people advice. I've gotten actually the best I, advice I've gotten from an artist. Like I could tell you how I did it, but it's not going to work for you. Right. And I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but it's kind of weird. But, but the, what, the advice you can give though is like, keep trying. Like if there's something you're passionate about, you know, like I'm, I'm going to go, I'm 53. I didn't start doing what I like to me. Success isn't like necessarily how much money or fame or anything. It's like being able to pay your bills, doing what you love. Mm-hmm. That, that to me is like, you know, that uh, not necessarily success, but that, that, that's the payoff for me. And like, you yeah. know, I'm not going to be a rich man, but you know, like if I can keep my lights on, yeah. uh, then, you know, maybe it's an achievement. Like, and, and, and on the outside is always looks better than what's going on on the inside. Outside looking yeah. in, it's always like, whoa, this is awesome. And like, you know, like, you know, it's not always as glamorous, whatever, but, um, persistence. And there's a point to where like, you know, you want to show off your artwork, but you don't want to see too desperate and show them to, like, you know, like back in the day, like if you stop for five minutes, you know, I'd show you some artwork if I had it on me. Like, all right, you know, like, I'd talk to anybody and everything. It's like, you know, cause you're young. I mean, you're, you're hungry, you're passionate. You're like, you do want to make it in like whatever field that you love. Mm-hmm. And, um, and art's hard, man. And like, I will say to you with the internet and Instagram and TikTok and these other platforms as bad as they are, the good part is you can actually get the attention of someone uh, like if I wanted to be a comic artist, it'd be a lot easier these days because I could reach out. There's, there people reach out. Like back in the day, I can't tell you how many hours I spent at Kinko's, Xerox and drawing, writing letters, you know, yeah. and send them off to who knows where to, you know, to, like I didn't even know what department I should send it to. Right. But the nicest chin letter I ever got, like uh, before Lord of the Rings came out, I found out there's a small studio in New Zealand called Weta doing like some stuff, some artwork, whatever. And I found it through some fan site, whatever. So I wrote this big long letter and sent samples of my work, and I actually got a letter back, a handwritten letter back, pictured over at Weta to me. It was the nicest "no thank you" I'd ever gotten in my life. Like the <laughs> fact that she took time to say "no thank you" and t- actually really took nice. a look at it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was super. So, but I feel like there's a lot more opportunities that way. So, like there's online forums. Yeah, uh, there's ways to, to get in touch with bands that you like. So, if you want to do artwork for a band, it's a bit easier, you know, mm-hmm. to try. Avenues to talk to, like you know who their management is or who I should talk to, and like you don't always want to bug the band themselves. Like find out who their manager is yeah. or their management or who the label is, and then there should be an FAQ somewhere. Like you know, a million of these a day right here. Yeah. Or but it's easy to, to publish your artwork online and get and get people to see it. You know, like copyright stuffs always crazy. Like you know, like post yeah. it online and all of a sudden it belongs to everybody and whatnot. Right. You know, so there is that risk there. Um, persistence keep trying um and you know i was fortunate to have a good support system like you know like they always supported you know me being i don't know what if i you know if i were to have children and they want to be an artist we'd have to have a real long talk i'm like all right (laughs) the the you know the chances are minimal like and musicians like i have so many friends of mine they're just incredible musicians and some of them just didn't never got their shit yeah. And then some of them got somewhere and listen like, and it's, and it's weird. Lightning's yeah. got to strike and you got to know in the general area where it's going to be 
trying to get there and be there when it happens. And like, so there's all those factors, but just, if you're passionate about something, don't stop because someone told you you couldn't or don't stop because someone told you no. And I'm a firm believer of like, you know, like when one door closes, another one's going to open somewhere and you're going to get a lot of no's before you get a yes. And that's not not my lie. It hurts. It hurts when you get turned down, you know, in this job, but you can't let that deter you from what you love. And, and I worked a day job. Like I've worked for the USDA, like the construction, Taco Bell. I did did it all, (laughs) you know, like, you know, but I knew I wanted to draw and it took, you know, like if you, if I would have told myself in high school, like, all right, you know, you can pay your bills with art. All right, cool. When, when you're 40, you start to kind of like, you know, I'm like, wait, what? What? When I'm old? 40? Go on. They're like, dude, you should be dead by now. But, um, but no, like, you know, uh, I was, I was very thankful to get a lot of opportunities through gig posters and bands. And a lot of bands were super cool and supportive. And as a fanboy, whatever, to do visual artwork for the the audio artwork that you love and mm-hmm. that means so much like music is the special place in my soul like you know like i will blood edition but you know i can't keep time i'm tone deaf you know <laughs> like i'm only like i have one hand i can work with like i'm doing things left you know it's not gonna happen there'll be no fretboarding or anything you know <laughs> yeah, but um but I always loved music and grew up around music. And I think my, my mom and my parents and stuff for like that, you know, like my uncles, you know, like they had a good taste in music and, like, yeah. and, uh, like, I remember going to somebody and showing my artwork and they're like, you can make a living selling posters. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> and I'm like, what an asshole. And, and that place has since like crashed and burned. Like, you know, and I thought that was a big deal back in the day, but yeah. like, you know, if you get time to like get posters are actually uh, a bit easier to get into these days. So there's lots of people that do them. Lots, uh, like if you go look up uh, where, who's doing a lot of the posters tours, it's easy to get information, you know, yeah. you can submit artwork. And if somebody says no, it either a just means you're not ready yet, or the world isn't ready for you yet. So mm. just yeah. keep keep doing your thing, and if that's what gives you happiness in life. I'm all for it. You know, like keep trying, and um, you know, and even if you don't get what you think, you're like I'm still not where you know, like the path is so disconstructed from where I thought you know, like an art path should be. Like you know, how right. one thing led to another, or getting to do something, it's, it's like it's like wait, what do you think? I'm, Right at Albuquerque instead of a left. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, I had no idea. Like, and so there's no way to this. You want to be this type of artist, and maybe someone else has got better information than I do. But if you want to get better as an artist, you got. If there would have been YouTube, it would have saved me so many hours. Oh, like, I know. What? That's how you draw hands. <laughs> yeah. You're bringing on the conical figures. Like, come on. Like, you know, like spent years doing it the hard way. You know, but yeah. but you learn persistence, and you, and you learn how to do what you do. Yeah. yeah, and like, uh, and the thing is, artists we all look up to other artists, you know. So like, okay, I want to draw like this person, or I want to draw like that person, and, and it takes a while to find your own voice, though, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, and um, you know, you'll find your style when you get there. Uh, you know, you might combine, you know, Rosetta with uh, or Michelangelo or, or like Da Vinci, or you might get into like you know Gustav Klimt, whatever, like whatever favorite. There's so much rich art history to look at, whatever, and so many great masters to learn from. And then you'll learn a t- thing or two about your own way of working, and eventually you'll you'll develop you know your style and, and your voice and art. So 
Yeah. Patient. Sound advice. Which <laughs> I should take it because patience isn't my strong yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, sounds great, man. And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, definitely have, have won over all, all the Cure fans here. And we, we all wish you the best. And hopefully we can get you in on some more Cure art in the upcoming years. Oh, somehow. man. That well, would be great. Cure fan, I appreciate that. And, like, it would be a pleasure to do anything else with those guys. I mean, they've been giving us this great gift of music for so long. And it'd be yeah. nice to contribute in some small way. So, <laughs> Cool deal. But, uh. Yeah, where where's the best place where people can check out your art that you would like to direct them and and follow your happenings? <laughs> I am a horrible horrible web designer, so my website <laughs> is probably like a cobwebs on it. But I'm on Instagram. I, I update that's easy okay. uh, for me to to, to yeah. update on. So uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Vance Kelly on Instagram. Okay, yeah, yeah, some really so, cool stuff on there. I love the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. I'm a big Star Wars nerd, so I was like, "Whoa, uh, crap! What is this?" Yeah, <laughs> right. Dude, oh man, oh, that was awesome. Like uh, one of the galleries I get to work with, they're like, uh, "I'm like, what license do you have?" And they're like. You have a Star Wars license? Like, yeah. I'm like, all right, sweet. <laughs> and man, like, I'm like, they're like, so you're going to do like, you know, like, you know, like, um, uh, the Rise of Skywalker or what you're going to do? Like, you know, I'm like, yeah, first trilogy first. You know, that, that's, that's where, that's where I love it. Yeah. Dude, we get all the Star Wars things these days. Like, I was kind of happy and sad when Disney got Star Wars. Uh-huh. Like, now they've, they've, they've got so much energy and life they can put into it. And, uh, dude, Andor. Yeah. Oh man, that, so far that's been my favorite of the bunch. Like the series, man, that's just been so heavy and like, uh, well, um, um, guard and, and then yeah. I think mm. for some reason in Hollywood, if you don't have a scars guard, you can't make a film. You yeah, have to have a scars guard. There's got to be a scars guard in there. I think that's like twenty up. Totally. So, but, but, well, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I was apologizing earlier. Like, I tend not to, you know, I'm in the studio a lot, so I have to talk out, you know, people outside of. The studio is like, ooh, yeah. we like a ramble. So awesome. We love the ramblings. <laughs> so it's all awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, making the time and, and, and going over all this with us. And uh, yeah, really, really can't thank you enough, man. And great job. Uh, I do absolutely. It was a perfect uh, way to start. My, my pleasure, story. man. Right on. Yeah, thanks, Vance. Cool. Yeah, well, and hopefully we be in touch so. and maybe see you at a cure show out there somewhere. And uh, that would be amazing. Cool. I'll send you any for pictures sure, if man. when we go to the shows, if we see anyone wearing your shirt or anything like that i'll let you know <laughs> or if he's this size small you know i've been million money there so. you go yeah <laughs> down for you. cool deal well, all right we'll let you go well, man thanks again good luck with everything nope. well thank you guys man it's such a pleasure to be on so you know you guys have a great evening and um hopefully talk to you soon sounds good we'll talk to you later all right signing off have a good night talk hard bye-bye bye <laughs> All right, again, special thanks to Vance Kelly. Go check out his amazing art on Instagram at Vance underscore Kelly and his webpage at VanceKelly.com. And uh, go shopping over there on the official Cure page at Cure.com. You can buy his lovely New Orleans design as a poster or a T-shirt or a trading card with the set list on the back. Um, Last time I checked over there, everything was still available minus the first run of the posters, so... Uh, slight variation, but looks just as gorgeous. And also a giant thank you to Kate for helping out and providing that much needed women's perspective and additional artistic perspective to this conversation. Always a pleasure having Kate on. And of course, you should check out her site, curethreads.com, 
where you can purchase not only prints of her lovely original Cure-inspired artwork as well, but also those designs on a wide range of products. Everything from t-shirts to flip-flops, the tapestries that's all over there at CureThreads.com. And also be sure to check out Kate's Instagram page, uh, Cure Arts Collab, where you can still get in on the action and doing a Simon and Reeves birthday tribute. The deadline has been extended to May 31st. Uh, just contribute a portrait of Simon or Reeves or both of them together and contact Kate for details on how it all be unveiled this round. Kate, of course, is a cherished member of our Holy Hour Patreon team. These guys and gals have provided so much support to the show and are making it possible for me to see and report back to you guys multiple shows on this tour, so I am forever grateful. Go to patreon.com slash the holy hour podcast if you want to also contribute and be a part of our loyal crew, much like Donna and Craig, Jeff Hilton, Jeff Cortland Jones, Sue, Ben, John, Allison, Alan, Dione, Namicio, Matt, Danny, Coulter, Matt Ford, Tom Johnson, Letty, Tom Burns, John Roberts, Francisco, Jason, and our newest member, Craig Bellinger. Welcome, Craig. Scott Kruger is also one of our nearest and dearest. He's part of the Sarlacc Digest, an all-Star Wars podcast. And you can catch their live show every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube. Or catch the replays everywhere you listen to podcasts. Each week they bring you quality theory crafting and provide a safe place to unpack all your nerdiest of nerdy Star Wars thoughts for the week. Scott just saw The Cure night three in L.A. I'm hoping to talk with him soon and recap all that for you guys next round and see how it all went down. Also check out his Lost Songs of a Lost World t-shirt design he made. It's available at tpublic.com. Just go over there and then the search, search Cure Songs of a Lost World. It should pop up and it's awesome. You should buy it. Tim is a wonderful supporter of the show as well and part of New Waterloo, a company who owns and operates three super rad hotels, one of which is on South Congress, it uh, is called South Congress Hotel in Austin, Texas. Another is Waymore's Guest House in Nashville, Tennessee, and the Albert in Fredericksburg, Texas, which is slated to open in August of this year. All of which look like the perfect spot to chill while continuing your summer adventures. Dana knows all about the life of an artist. She's a motion designer and animator. Check out her work at graphics.tv. That's graphics with an X.tv. There you can see her motion graphics reel and get a sampling of some of her amazing work. And you can also reach out to her there if you are in need of an animator or motion designer to promote your business or project. That's graphics.tv. And if you find yourself up in Canada, Lisa recommends checking out Dickens. It's only the coolest venue in Calgary, hands down. At DickensYYC.com, you can find out about all the upcoming shows and events that they are hosting, including lots of cool trivia nights and themed dance parties. And you can also follow them on Twitch at DickensYYC for all live streaming action. Our trusty co-host Chaz can be found on Instagram at 17 underscore seconds. He also has Cure-related shirts posted on 17secondshirts.bigcartel.com. So keep an eye on those to pre-order new designs when they pop up. And uh, check out his other podcast, too, the X-Communication Station. They just recently had their 100th episode. So congrats to them and look forward to 100 more. 
Subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at The Holy Hour Podcast. Like our Facebook page and contribute in the threads there for each episode. Or just feel free to email me at GavinConnor at gmail.com if you have any questions or concerns, that is. Otherwise, that's it for now. We've got three nights of L.A. to review up next. Sounds like everything was a huge success out there. For the cure and for andy's pre-show party meetups we got to hear all about those and uh go blast some cure make some lasting art it's the only way to be immortal man all right thanks again vance thanks again kate thanks again to you guys for listening talk to you soon talk hard